therapy and prêt-à-porter. Only Timmy did both, with her boundless energy and success. But even she was exhausted after Milan, and absolutely drained when she thought of doing the show in Paris. The clothes they had shown in New York had been received with even greater than usual kudos from the press. For her entire career, it seemed, Timmy O'Neill had had a Midas touch and could do no wrong in the eyes of the fashion world. Even during the occasional seasons when she had been less pleased with their lines herself, or the critics had been slightly less in love with them, they had done staggeringly well nonetheless. Everything Timmy did, she did well. She threw herself into all she undertook with perfectionism and inimitable style and grace. She was relentless in how hard she pushed herself, far more than anyone else, and what she expected of herself. She had an uncanny knack for predicting what the world would want to wear, live with, and smell like long before they thought about it themselves. Along with their clothing lines, their perfumes were among the biggest sellers in the world. She had chosen the scents and designed the packaging herself. There was very little that Timmy O'Neill didn't do well, brilliantly, in fact, except maybe cook, and dress, she liked to say. As sensitive and forward-thinking as her designs were, she insisted that most of the time she didn't care what she wore herself. She had little time to give it much thought, although the clothes she designed had made her famous, particularly her signature sportswear, which managed to be simultaneously casual, easy to wear, and chic. There was a simple, clean elegance to everything she designed, and without even trying or thinking about it, she herself was the epitome of casual chic. On the flight from Milan, she was wearing jeans, a T-shirt, both of her own label, a vintage mink jacket she had found years before in the back streets of Milan, and black ballerina flats she had designed the year before. She carried a large black alligator Hermes bag that had been the precursor of the Birkin, and was even more striking because of its size and had real style because it looked well-worn, after years of use on trips such as this. The pilot announced their descent toward Charles de Gaulle Airport in Roissy just outside Paris, as Timmy stretched her legs out in front of her in one of the plane's eight first-class seats. She had slept for most of the brief flight and through the meal. She was wiped out after the pressure, work, and revels of Milan. She had visited the factories that produce knits, bed and table linens, and shoes for them. The European ready-to-wear shows particularly entailed endless parties and socializing as well. No one ever slept till the end. There was a priest sitting next to her on the plane who had said nothing to her during the flight and was probably one of the few people who wouldn't recognize her and wasn't wearing something she'd designed. They had nodded to each other politely when she took her seat and ten minutes later, after glancing at the International Herald Tribune to see what they said about the collection she'd seen in Milan and London the week before that, she was sound asleep. As the landing gear came down, she glanced out the window with a smile, thinking of Paris, and then turned to her two assistants who were seated across the aisle from her. The priest had been happy to take the window seat, and neither of Timmy's assistants had disturbed her while she slept. They'd all had a grueling three weeks, first at the shows in New York, then London and Milan. Paris was their last stop, 
much to their collective relief. All four shows were important, and the ready-to-wear shows in Paris were always high-pressure, fast-paced, and stressful from beginning to end. Milan was an important mecca of the fashion world, but victory in Paris was what mattered to her most. It always had. Paris was the city she loved best in the world, and the one that had spawned her dreams. Timmy still looked sleepy as she handed some notes to her assistants, David and Jade. David had been with her for six years and Jade for twelve. They were passionately devoted to her for her kindness, fairness, and all they'd learned from her personally as well as professionally. Everything about Timmy was inspirational, from the genius of her work to the thoughtful, compassionate way she treated people. David always said she was lit from within, like a beacon that shined through the darkness, pointing out the path.